2: This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host.
3: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome. We're at episode 106.
4: Whoa. 106?
3: Wow. Wow. One hundred and six episodes of Masonic Light podcast, brought to you by our friends at Hiram and Solomon Cigars. The cigar of the Masonic Light podcast, and our patreons, the sucker i mean, the, the people that help us out monthly. It's very nice. We appreciate it. Uh, you can visit masoniclightpodcast dot com slash. I'm so wrong. Zencast. <laughs> no. What am I doing? <laughs> Patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast. There you go. Yeah, we're, we're all confused because we already have some recordings <laughs> recorded. <laughs> we don't really know what's going on. So why don't we just – I think this show we're going to actually talk about the uh, cigar thing at, at the Valley of Harrisburg and our interview with a guy from Aruba. Uh, it's a thing of beauty. But before <laughs> we get to that <laughs> – Tim, what have you been up to for the past couple weeks? Well, um,
1: it's uh, as as Freemasonry kind of returns um, a little bit. uh, I've had some. I guess the last thing we did was a couple of rehearsals. Um, I went to the Cigar Lodge uh, in Drums, Pennsylvania. Which then there was an accident on the highway coming back, which kept me from getting to Grotto. Um, and done a couple of committee of inquiry visits that uh, were a little out of the way, so I went on those. Other than that, it's uh, been a pretty quiet week masonically, other than uh, processing dues checks as Lodge Secretary. Larry, have
5: you been up to anything? Uh, yeah, other than going to uh, Tall Cedar's. When, on Tuesday and uh, did uh, the breakfast last week. Didn't get there this Thursday, though. But, yeah, been uh, been doing some things. And so, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're doing Tall Cedars because, I'll tell you what, it is great to be able to get out with our brothers and uh, just just to get together and have good food. And the food's been pretty darn good there lately, uh, I admit. It's, it's just great to get together again. It really is.
3: So Larry and Jack, since you were both there, yeah, what was that train
4: wreck of a present
3: of a program?
4: <laughs> I thought it was quite lovely. Um, it was. Uh, it, it was well. It was. It was. How do, how do you even say it? It was some some like film school shorts of horror stories strung together. Um, to be like the Halloween episode. Uh, and it was, it was equally intriguing that like the only people that knew it was Halloween costume night were like three of the officers. So the rest, <laughs> the rest of us all showed up in, you know, street clothes and, um, but anyway, uh, no, I, I mean, I get it. I get what they were trying to do. And it was, it, one of them was kind of funny and one of them was kind of gross, but you know,
5: Larry, what did you think? What I thought was, I've been to many things in my (laughs) 46. And I would say that is in the top two or three of some of the worst things. And and actually, they tried. And I got to, they're great guys. We we like being there. But as a program presentation, go, oh my word, oh my word. Um, I've seen some dandies, and this was one of them. Uh, unfortunately, though the top one, from what I understand, was when Pete was worshipful master at Lamberton. He brought a snake handle in <laughs> ladies' night. While the men were up on the fourth floor at lodge, the ladies were down below getting educated on live nice. snakes. Yeah, it was a so complete reptile show. That was, as Pete said, probably went down in the history as the most unbelievable ladies' night presentation ever. But Pete agreed, mean Pete mentioned to me at Tall Cedar, he says, I think I've been topped. Pete, you were definitely topped. I wasn't there for the snake show, but you were definitely beat. Well, this presentation was was kind of fun and just shook my head and couldn't wait to get I, the have out I, I of thought there. the
4: all-time winner was the erectile dysfunction uh, presentation at Grotto.
5: That was that, definitely
4: that, one of the top. Uh, that movies. will haunt me for it ever. It was horrible. But
3: with um pun intended
4: bone chilling <laughs>
5: photos. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, god.
3: Anyway.
4: Oh. All right. So we're doing a show tonight, are we? Is that right? right. Yeah,
3: well, yeah, let's get to uh, Josh. Josh, what have you been up to?
6: Not really too much. Just trying to uh, take care of Lamberton.
5: It's a full-time job. How is, how, is is the, is. how
4: is the reconstruction project coming along? <laughs>
6: uh, as far as I know, it's going uh, uh, pretty, pretty good. Going to be back in it this year? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think so. No, really I don't, don't think
5: we'll be in before January, mm-hmm. Jack.
6: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, I've already talked to... Millersville Lodge, uh, Charles and Howwell guys about meeting there through the end of the year so
3: I talked to uh, Glenn Henry from out there as well, and you know they're, they're, they're thankful to have people using the building. They have a huge parking lot um, so who knows what can happen?
6: Uh, yeah it's a uh, they got a, they have a nice setup over there. They have a, a nice lodge room. They have, you know, a nice property. So,
3: okay. Um, so I'll give an explanation of our tall cedars thing. So I'm trying to get um, brother Ken, uh, K Dog, as uh, our <laughs> listeners know. Um, he's trying to get everybody to understand that the tradition for tall cedars to save on postage and, and work, we send out a. Newsletter quarterly. So I need to know what you're going to be doing in October, November, December, in in September. So when he decides, you know, twenty five days before the meeting to make it a uh, a costume party, I'm not going to spend one hundred and fifty dollars sending everybody a a postcard. (laughs) So that's why we had three people dressed in costumes and everybody else in tuxedos. (laughs) And uh, I'll apologize later in our next episode, but um, I was missing from a, a recording, which you haven't heard yet because I got trapped by a brother, George Grove of George J. Grove and sons asked me to go golfing. And apparently golfing with him is a 12 hour excursion. That has a lot of uh, extras involved. So, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. Uh, Jack, have we heard from you yet? Well, no, I talked,
4: but I didn't my week or whatever.
3: Well, what have you been up to? Um, What have you been up to? We'll we'll make sure we stick with.
4: Well, we um, we had a great grotto meeting, um, and uh, we also had uh, a couple of degrees at effort lodge. So that was it's good to get back doing degree work again, and I've already started my uh, candidate education slash mentoring program back up again. So it's good to be It's just good to be getting together again. Larry said it. It's just, it's just, it's just good to be masoning again.
3: Well, it is due season, so you feel good now sending up hundreds of
4: dollars in dues payment. Well, wait. I'm going to backtrack a minute and go back to that grotto meeting because we didn't really we didn't really <laughs> talk about the grotto meeting. Um, I, I just want – We brought in what, six guys? We brought in six guys. A couple of them had already been obligated, but they, they got the ceremonial. Um, but special uh, proper respects to Andrew Sterling for the job that he did. There's the golf applause. He, putting mm-hmm. this together because the grot, our, you know, Ubar grotto tends to get a little loose around the edges and, and especially yeah. around the ceremonial and Andrew did a really nice job of setting up the the sets and the scenery and he, he got us together for a couple of you know low impact rehearsals just so that everybody was dialed in and he did a really great job and i I, I hope he understands how how appreciated he, he is now. Um,
3: and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I thought I thought it went off really well. Um, the the candidates seemed to really enjoy it. It looked great. Um, we were outside in the pavilion at the VFW. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to get back inside soon, and we can, you know, not have to wear. Yeah, I really. Ho- hopefully we,
4: we find a permanent home somewhere. We'll have to work on that.
3: All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll hear about our adventures at the Valley of Harrisburg.
5: Why choose George J. Grove and Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove and Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning, to materials, to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com.
1: back uh today's episode is about a special event that occurred on september 13th uh in the valley of harrisburg um it was uh advertised as a cigar smoker and pig roast uh and it was an opportunity for brethren all over to come together enjoy fellowship um and then they also put on a fourth degree for any candidates uh that were kind of out there waiting since uh both the spring reunion had gotten canceled and pretty much everything else in the state had gotten shut down. And um, that combined with uh, a couple of uh, uh, reunions that uh, the virtual reunions being sponsored by the Northern Masonic jurisdiction, uh, I believe uh, the Valley of Harrisburg was able to bring in about 26 uh, new folks into Scottish Rite Masonry uh, over this time. But I think that day there were maybe seven or eight folks that went through the fourth degree. Uh, We got to meet some great folks. Uh, A lot of folks, that, a lot of you all that listen to the show uh, came up and spoke to us. Um, We had some great interviews also. And the first interview that we're going to hear today uh, is about a program that uh, the Valley of Harrisburg has had for a while uh, in conjunction with Scottish Rite Masonry in Aruba. A group of folks, a group of uh, Scottish Rite Masons from the Valley of Harrisburg uh, would go to Aruba. Uh, They would put on degrees. A group of Scottish Rite Masons from Aruba would come to the United States. Uh, They would participate in reunions here. Um, And there's a lot of cross-pollination. It's a great interview. Uh, We hope you enjoy it. Uh, We'll come back when that interview is done.
3: Hey everybody, welcome. Uh, we're sitting here at the Scottish Rite Cathedral in Harrisburg, and uh, we're talking with Bob Breitbill. Bob, you are—what are you in charge of here? For what do you—or what is your? <laughs> I'm not bottle quite, washer? Yeah, bottle washer. That'll work. Now, I'm, uh,
7: I'm a member of the uh, Supreme Council, 33rd degree, and I've uh, been on the Board of Trustees for many years and past Sovereign Prince, but that was some years ago, of
5: course.
3: Okay. And uh, so, there's tell us a little bit about Scottish Rite Clubs, maybe in general, but then more specifically, your Scottish Rite Club that you were
7: active in. Of course, in. the Valley of Harrisburg has a number of Scottish Rite Clubs, but uh, I believe it was 2010, I've been... Fortunate enough to spend a lot of time in Aruba over the years, and uh, became somewhat involved with the various Masonic groups in Aruba, specifically their Blue Lodge, their Scottish Rite, and a, another organization called Rose Croix, which is a little different in Aruba than it is here. But anyway, in two, we decided that over the years, a number of brothers from Aruba started visiting our valley here in Harrisburg during our reunions. And we thought, well, it would be kind of nice to have a Scottish Rite Club quote in Aruba, so we give them some sort of recognition for their efforts to, it's quite a long ways to travel, sure. go, go to a Masonic a, 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 a meeting <laughs> so uh, anyway we uh, 2010 we formed the Aruba Harrisburg Scottish Rite Club in Aruba and I think presently we have about 15 members that are members of the Scottish Rite bodies in Aruba but are also dual members in the Valley of Harrisburg and every year in no- in uh, In
3: May, there's usually a contingent comes up here. To uh, our reunion and this year obviously it's kind of screwed up with the COVID so yeah, we're we... doing a uh, well not me anymore you guys are <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a trader I transferred to the Valley of Redding um, <laughs> but you guys um, decided to put on a pig roast and uh, make a, a meeting and a give the degrees casual today
2: mm-hmm. although you did wear a tie sir. so I <laughs> yes, normally we always wear uh, as a difference we always wear a tux- tuxedo, actually for our, for our degrees. Okay. I'm so considering this, to find scissors in this <laughs> in this room and,
4: and so, or, uh, this, <laughs> just
2: capture your tie as a This one a was gift, This one is gift to me and I always wear it for this only for a special occasion. It was the day of my initiation 14 years ago actually, 9 of September. Uh, when I was in the initiative in the craft, and it was given to me by the Grand Master from the Netherlands, who actually went down for the 250th anniversary of the uh, Freemasonry in the, ne- in, in the Dutch Kingdom. So, so oh, well,
3: well, yeah. let, let, let's catch our audience back up. So now, now we're talking is, is Faisal. Faisal, yes. And what's your last name, sir? Barroso. Okay, and he is a Mason in Aruba, and I'm guessing that somehow between you guys going down to Aruba. Right, and anyway,
7: he, uh, he's an 18th degree in Aruba, and it takes, in Aruba, once you get your three degrees, which takes, it's one year per degree to start with, then you, after you're a Master Mason for one year, you may petition the Scottish Rite. And then it's one degree per year. It's wow! Oh, wow. all these degrees in a day or two. Uh, you and better not that, join when you're 70. <laughs> <laughs> they do nine degrees in Aruba. Oh, okay. So if you work at it, and I do mean you work at it, you just don't show up for meetings, you can become a 32nd degree in 13 to 15 years. Wow. Compared to our situation. Anyway. This is like a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh Faisal was living He's living in Bethesda, Maryland, and uh, he liked to become a member here in Harrisburg, or a member of the Scottish Rite. And because of our relationship, I said, well, you could join here in Harrisburg. Well, it wasn't quite that easy. <laughs> Holland is not All these make things quite as easy as, as uh, you could do. And it took him about a year of letter writing for them to agree to allow him to join our valley. So he's here. He got his he started he kinda of starting over again. He took his fourth degree today and he will go through the regular situation yeah. and get his thirty second, uh, I believe it's November twenty first. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and then he'll be a member of the Valley of Harrisburg and he's also petitioning he to become a dual member of the Masonic Lodge here in Harrisburg. Nice. Right, for my Masonic Lodge. Great. So uh, we have a very... Welcome to place, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You. Like, What's your Blue Lodge? Harrisburg Snyder 629. Okay, great. So uh, we have a pretty good relationship with our brethren in Aruba, and it's kind of unique in that, as far as I know, we're the only uh, Scottish Rite Club uh, that has a Scottish Rite Club
4: outside of the continental United States. And to have it in Aruba is fiendishly clever. I commend you on this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine going after the traveling gavel there, Oh,
4: my goodness. That would be a struggle, (laughs) I think.
3: So, Faisal, so you are a,
2: a... An Aruba native? um, I was, my, my dad is from Aruba, my mom is from Spain. Okay. I was born in Colombia. Okay. Okay Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a little mix And my 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 first name Or for my dad's side is Arab So I have all these mixes Of uh, cultures and races That's great And my wife, I, I have been married But we moved to Aruba many years ago I think I was uh, We always went back and forth So I moved to Aruba when I was maybe Nine years old Okay so we're from Spain? No, from Colombia. From Colombia, okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, we have Got been it. traveling a lot. And now, um, since two years ago, uh, we moved to Bethesda, Maryland.
3: Well, you can use your Spanish a lot more here. Actually,
7: uh, right. <laughs> If uh, he gives you a little background on his grandfather.
2: Yeah, my, my grandfather was uh, I'm pretty sure that he was a grandmaster in Colombia and uh, because Colombia, the Freemasonry in Colombia is a little bit different mm-hmm. in regards of mysticism so you know it, it's, it's a very cultured thing I believe so you are now, you will not see like Us wearing a pin or putting stickers in the car—it's more close. Sure. So uh, it's—I always tell it's like a very old school, and that's what I love uh, about that mysticism part. And uh, it took me a while. I always know that my grandfather was a, was a Freemason, but he never broadcasted. So that when he passed away, um, I was able to see his apron mm. and his things. I was like, oh, you, you're always going to be missed. Uh, but by then, I was already living in Aruba. And it took me... Around three years, I I think I I choose the wrong sponsor. I don't. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's like joining the York right in Lancaster for three or four years, (laughs) just to get the letter back. So, so my sponsor is those. uh, I love him. Is one of those. Treasure board, I always say treasure board guys, black and white, not great, you're going to take your time, it's going to be, you have to learn everything, so yeah, pretty much uh, took me to get my petition around three years. After, like, I think he got bored of me, like, calling him. <laughs> said, I think the last six months were, like, my the breaking point for him. So he was, okay, okay. I got to ask for gotta <laughs> Okay, ask for you really are <laughs> serious. Okay. <Yeah>. Fine. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. And after that, that I summoned my petition took me like, a year and a half. Wow. The, because the process, oh, wow. they have to the go investigation. Oh, the investigation. And, the, and because we are on the Dutch... So they have to go for each. Your name has to be said like the same here, but we have Melos until they go back. So yeah, it took a while. It's wow. interesting. Uh, the first time I went to a lodge meeting in Aruba,
7: and by the grace of God, it's done in English. And there are four lodges <laughs> in the room, and they're all done in English. Three work under the Grand Lodge of the Netherlands, one works under the Grand Lodge of Venezuela, but they're all in English. But, long story short, they, the secretary is giving his report, and the uh, worshipful master said, Do we have a name list? He said, Yes. Read the names. He reads all these names, name after name after name. In the Dutch jurisdiction, if you mm-hmm. petition a lodge it goes to every lodge working under the jurisdiction of holland wow. and they read that name i think it's 2 months if i'm not mistaken yeah wow. and uh, in case there's somebody that would not complicated to like have a lodge in south
1: no. africa so if there's
7: not suggest that south africa that doesn't like this guy <laughs> i guess he can uh, he can uh, Make his uh, he, better be, a known. Known. he yeah. better be a darn good he was, man. Well, I wow. that was...
4: Better
3: not have a better have an uncommon name. If you're like <laughs> Jay Smith, <laughs> <Yeah. then it's, laughs> well, that one gets a pass. Well, yeah. well there's two. Insane. There's two of those tall cedars. <laughs> <laughs> and one, and they call it's it's it the same lot. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go.
4: So. At the historic Smithton Inn of of Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast cigars by DNS cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard the historic smithton inn is convenient to Lancaster county's most interesting attractions just minutes from the effort of cloister and the green dragon farmers market And a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse. Or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life. One that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Or check out our website at HistoricSmithtonInn.com or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Past Master Dave. <laughs> uh,
5: so
3: it took you how many? Three years to get your Master Mason degree?
2: After that, it, it actually took me around two years and a half. Because I did, uh, I was lucky enough that I think they... The, all the all my delay before <laughs> so and if you everything depends what you put in i i think in the craft as a freemason you will get what you put in so, um, the knowledge that you will receive, whatever, uh, it just depends on that. Faisal, that, that sounds
4: exactly the same in, in Spanish influenced in uh, English yeah. as it
2: does in English.
4: Because yeah. we say the same thing in every lodge. How many times have yeah. you guys heard that? Get yeah. out
2: of it you put it's it. It's yeah. universal. You, yeah.
4: you do. It's true.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and the beauty of it, I mean, if he was, I was in, not joined the craft, I will never meet this such a wonderful people. I will never be sitting here. So sure. that's actually what make uh, uh, make everything worth it. All, all you know, all the patience, all the waiting.
4: Because uh, after this episode, you will be regionally famous, <laughs> <laughs> but only for a very brief period of time. So,
3: so okay. So I'm now a little confused uh-huh. because. Um, I heard earlier you're you're, are, you're currently are already in 18th degree. Yeah. So how does so how does the Scottish Rite work in Aruba? That's different than here.
2: We have nine degrees. Yeah, they do nine.
7: It's one degree a year, and uh, I've seen many of the degrees. And uh, the interesting thing I think is the lessons are about the same, just portrayed it a little bit differently, but. You have to work at it. It's not you just show up next year for your degree. No, no. You need to do a lecture. You need to go to meetings. Uh, If you don't do these things, you are not invited to the next degree. So, it's uh, there are lots. There's many guys in Aruba that are only like thirty first because they just never. Did the things they needed to do to get their thirty seconds. So
2: it's quite a bit different that way than than our way. Any any change because as well, it it, not, it doesn't only um, reflect on your on your on, on the Scottish right. If you don't have you don't attend, you're not busy on your blue lodge. You and you might be very going to um, be part of a ritual. You might have done your uh, lecture. You have and been to the lectures as well on that degree that you are in, but because you haven't attend to the blue lodge on your regular business meetings, mm-hmm. that only even that will not let you get uh, your wedges for your next. Wow! So
3: I guess with only four lodges, every mason
2: knows every mason. Kind of like Ephraim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
3: mean at least
2: yeah, by we, sight. We, yeah, no, definitely we. Yeah. Um, you have to remember we're we're small, right? So you you always uh, um, the meetings. But uh, I think everywhere in the world, uh, you might have 200 members or maybe 50 members, but at the end it will be the same group of members who will come. Sadly, mm-hmm. because I think life itself. And I can understand. Like I always get that that, that, that the people tell you, oh yeah, but in the US you will get the, you will do it fast. But I think the life in the U.S. is completely different to ours because I can be at the lodge in 15 minutes, you know. I will go to work, and it will not take me that long to be at work, uh, uh, at the lodge. So I think the life itself is different. So that gives you the space and time that you can give it to the craft. Because I, I, um, and compared to the U.S., you guys have shifts depending on the job or the task that you're doing, you're young. You might be going to school, then you have an extra job, and then imagine if you join the Blue Lodge and then to the Scottish Rite, and then you go to Ram, and then you're going to do all this. After that, it's going to be a very complicated, you know, um, compared to the little bit easier of life that you have in, in an island. Mm-hmm. That makes, a, uh, in my opinion, makes a difference. But you still have to have a life. And in your life, as you're
4: going through your day in, mm-hmm. in, as a, pro, you know, professional person or whatever, um, how, how are you seeing, are you, are you seeing people that you know from Lodge? Is it something that comes up in your world yeah. or is it more personal to one's self?
2: No, I, I think it uh, actually actually make you be on the square, you know, <laughs> because for instance, if we, I go out today, I have to be apart. The, um, the reason is I'm definitely going to meet some brothers in that restaurant or I'm going <laughs> to in that place. So you, your life itself is always a reminder there. So percentage-wise,
3: I mean, uh, I guess percentage is a bad word, but it's pretty secretive. So are there a lot, a lot of men that are masons? Because I know like in the Philippines, mm-hmm. like... Everybody's a Mason in the Philippines, um, you know, and so it's, is it a like a low number of men that are Masons? I,
2: I, it's, it's not a low number. I, I think for demographics, I mean, for the, for the for 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 the size of the island and for the population, I think uh, we're a good number because um, for us in Freemasonry, uh, like when we start this new lodge, I was part of it. We didn't look for. We never look for. Quantity, we look for quality of men, right? So, um, and even the process, the selection, for instance, the selection process, or when you, from the moment that you ask the petition, um, I have seen a lot of brethren or brethren-to-be who, who already, oh, no, I'm tired, you know, I've been waiting two years, three years, I haven't heard anything back, so oh, it's not for me. Since you couldn't do that that, that, that even that selection make it uh, a, a, a um, story fun. My twin brother that was initiated uh, with me, I saw him only one one meeting. He only visited one meeting and he never came back. You know, so, um, and then he, uh, sadly, many years later, he demit. But um, I think Freemasonry, like I said again, um, the crafts himself... Uh, uh, Start. They it have their own challenges, and I think in everywhere in the world. Um, so, thank God we have Demolay in Aruba. So we start to build the younger generations. Uh, who, how, how is DMLA working down there? That, that's that's <laughs> it's outstanding. To hear that, yeah.
4: incredibly
7: well. I yeah. believe it. I yeah. believe it.
2: Both DMLA and Rainbow are very strong in Aruba. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, well, there was a brother Junior I worship a brother Juni who started the MLA and um, and he's been it's been quite good. My son was uh was a and he came here uh, because we were moved so he's been like trying to get out and how far many Rubens that come here they they were demole the, the, the kids are doing really good yeah, like, can we put that on a job application or something <laughs> <laughs> you know I did were you a demole they help him they help him in college I think <laughs> when they when they when they sign up their applications that if you were a member of a club they, they put in but for the kids himself it, it, I have seen it like how he helped my son you know interaction he, he, uh, how to talk in public. It, I wish I was. We had themule when I was. A, I mean, when I was a kid, or even my dad or my mom would push me there, but not in every family is the same. Because my daughter went to a rainbow uh, meeting. You know, the the, the information. Even it's just like, no, this is not for me. But um, I have seen some demolets that they're more masons than any the worship of masters that I've
5: seen
2: <laughs> and the rituals uh, uh, the way the, the take the, the pride they take of the uh, of the chairs is so amazing that's that's the thing I've seen in De Molay is is the the expression
4: in their faces nice. when they get it right oh. and they do the ritual right and they just say I mean I've got one line I've got one line I've got one line I've got one
2: line and they hit it and it's yeah. right and and they just explode yeah, it's, it's so fun And it it's beautiful I I, I uh, helped him many times Sadly because For those years I used to travel a lot for work I missed a lot of meetings And like for instance I should have been 32 by now uh, I think maybe Five years ago But because I wasn't For my job mm-hmm. I would be traveling a lot I would still come when I was in Aruba. I would still come and go to the meetings. But hey, Faisal, you know, sorry, you might have to change the job that you didn't get your wages because you were not there. Uh, you Something didn't commit with, with that, you know. So, um, so, but even all that, um, it can be encouraging, mm-hmm. but it can disencourage someone as well. Yeah. So then again, I think it's like a filter. You know, I think, in my belief, it's a filter, you know, it's... Uh, that's great, that's perfect. It makes it, it makes yeah, it, it makes, it makes a difference. It is that. exactly that, yes. Yeah, so um, that will give you, like, in, in my case, uh, I could say, you know, maybe uh, in 14 years, I'm a a lot of people say, like, Blue Lodge is what it matters, but I think if I'm here and I can make the best of it in the learning process... Why learning? Because I've been be learning uh, a lot of symbolism, different because it's a different applications, and I, I'm in a great advantage because I can I can learn from both sides, and I can actually start from a scratch. Be and and that is beauty.
4: So going back in your culture there in Aruba, mm-hmm. are are you? Because there's there's something about Freemasonry and especially Scottish Rite Masonry that that yes there's this active thing that that is of this sphere but there's something more are, are, are is the fraternity down there more dialed into that than we
2: are here In the more in, in what sense like more spiritual more yes, spiritual, yes. Yes. more esoteric mm, spiritualistic Physical. esoteric
4: with mystical whatever term you want
2: to throw at it but it, the next level the next level uh, yeah i i you think know what I, mean? I think um, like, how can I say that it doesn't sound... It, it just, it, it, I think in every, every culture, in every uh, body, or in every uh, organization, in my opinion, what I have experience is we have three type of brethren. And each of them, they are important to the craft. You have the brethren that they are more into the organization you know, like, I want to be a worshipful master, but let's talk about, or well, I have to be this or that, and by this year, and they work so hard for the organization. They might not be enlightened, then you will get someone else, they're more into the ritual part, so they will go more into, uh, let me do an, an autopsy on this ritual, and get what I can get from it, well, how I can interpret, um, how you, you know. And then you will have the brethren that will go more to, to Bota, Kabbalah. Uh, mm. And that is what, it, and that makes it beauty. And you have the brethren that will go to the columns. They always be there. But if you tell them, can you do a catechism? They will know. but those brethren they are the ones who will call you when you are sick Uh they are the ones that will come to and fill those columns so I think every brethren is is, like I said at the beginning like everyone said you will get from the craft what you're looking for and what you seek
4: so we hope you enjoyed uh, a little bit about Scottish Rite internationally, as it were, and uh, hope that your valley can uh, arrange uh, a relationship with another valley in some faraway exotic place, and you can go there and visit those people. So in the meantime, during this Scottish Rite event at Harrisburg, uh, there were lots and lots of cigars being smoked. And a lot of them were provided by Hiram and Solomon cigars and we've been seeing Hiram and Solomon cigars uh, all over the internet and all over everybody's Facebook posts. And, and uh, it was a lot of people's first chance to really explore them. And um, they were there, they had a table and they were uh, providing us with smokes. And as we were kind of, Enjoying their cigars, somebody, and I forget who it was, had the bright idea of saying, oh, we should ask them if they want to sponsor the show. And uh, I, not having any uh, uh, fear of prospecting, uh, just jumped out of my chair and walked over to the table and introduced myself and told him who we were. And uh, I met uh, Fouad and his wife, uh, Romy. And just chatted with them for a bit, and um, they have become our official cigar sponsors. Uh, we need a new bourbon sponsor, by the way. Absolutely. We need to, we need to definitely work on that. Yeah. But we have a cigar sponsor, and that is uh, Hiram and Solomon Cigars. And they are there's, uh, there's a, a bunch of different blends, so whatever your cigar choice is, they probably have a blend uh, from, the, from the entered apprentice to the grandmaster and everything in between uh, but uh, tim did some interviews with them or did an interview with uh Fawad and romi while we were there and uh, i think we're going to drop into that right about now
1: hey this is tim coming to you from the valley of harrisburg cigar smoker and pig roast and today we are joined by one of the owners of Ironman Solomon Cigars, a uh, Masonic-focused uh, cigar company. I believe you all are out of New Jersey, yes. and today I'm with uh, Floyd Chaudi, uh, and it is so good to have you on our podcast today.
8: It's, it's so good to be here. It's a beautiful weather, beautiful company here. I can ask for better than this.
1: So tell me a little bit about your company. I know a lot of our listeners are uh, frequent smokers of your cigars, but uh, tell us a little bit about your company.
8: We started about five, six years ago with my partner, which wanted to raise some money for the uh, scholarship fund and uh, it started as a hobby at fundraising and uh, from there we couldn't even dream to realize that we became the fastest growing boutique cigar in the world three years in a row now, and uh, we keep on growing with about 600 lod- l- lounges in the US and 30 countries. Uh, and part of the proceed always goes to Schreider Hospital, the Centers and Coast Guard. Uh, we do a lot of uh, stuff with the specific lodges to help uh, fundraise for them. and. Uh, Okay. Grandmasters uh, in different states, so we have their own cigars that they go uh, that, uh, the proceeds from that goes to their charity also. Uh, all our cigars are uh, highly rated, made at the Placencia factory in Nicaragua uh, and they're all uh, uh, perfectly uh, appeals to everyone from the Enter Apprentice as a mild cigar to the Vale Profit as being full body cigar and the Grand Architect. Uh, in a few uh, weeks, we'll be introducing the new cigar called Coramus That's the, for the new incoming Grand Master of New Jersey. And it's gonna be the, our first cigar in the Dominican Republic. That is awesome. Ma- made by Abe Flores uh, from the PDR.
1: Okay, yeah. Abe Flores, that's a, that's great. Uh, I've been a smoker of these since I first learned about them and uh, have been promoting them to local cigar shops, trying to get them to carry them. Uh, if someone was interested, if, if a, if a yeah. cigar entrepreneur that was wanting
8: to sell your cigars, how can they get a hold of you? You can go on our website, my cell phone number there, my email is there. I always uh, respond to all my cell phones. Uh, They can call me directly, text me, email me, anywhere. Uh, The best support we can ask, go to your local retailer, ask them to carry uh, our line because every cigar we sell, again, goes to charity, uh, proceeds goes to charity. That's great. What is your best seller? The best seller, uh, it's uh, right now, uh, The Traveling Man and The Master Mason, but The Grand Architect is uh, catching up very fast.
1: My three favorites are The Veiled Prophet, The Grand Architect, and The Shriner. So, uh, uh, they're great cigars. Thank you, thank you. That's great. Well, thank you for being with us today, and uh, I hope you have a good day of sales, and
8: uh, uh, we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Not everything is sales, uh, the company and and the sales and everything. It's beautiful. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: And we're back. Um, as Jack said uh, before the interview, uh, Hireman Solomon has now agreed, and uh, you'll hear throughout these shows, uh, the official cigar of the Masonic Light podcast, and we are certainly thrilled to have them as a sponsor. Uh, while we were at the Cigar Smoker and pit Roast, we also uh, met a couple of other folks involved with the Valley of Harrisburg, Brother Lynn B. Baker is the second lieutenant commander and in charge of the Harrisburg Dyslexia Center, which is the one of the the, the charity, if you will, for uh, Scottish Rite Masonry. Okay. And uh, so we're going to go to that interview in just a second, and then we'll do a wrap up with Brother John D. Cook, who's the secretary for the Valley, and then we'll come back for our normal wrap up. So enjoy these two interviews. I am here with uh, Lynn B. Baker, First Lieutenant Commander of the Valley of Harrisburg Consistory, uh, who is also the chair of the Children's Dyslexia Center here in the Valley. So uh, Lynn, why don't you tell us a little
9: bit about the, uh, the Dyslexia Center? Well, Brother Tim, um, the Dyslexia Center is, there's 40-some centers in the Northern Masonic jurisdiction, so, you know, there's one in Lancaster, they're they're all over the place, and basically what the, the Dyslexia Center does is it takes children with a learning disability, and if you listen to the parents, we're saving their lives. So basically we take them and, and help them learn how to learn. We reteach them how to learn, how to read properly um, and and it makes a huge difference and impact in their lives. So I, I know that's uh,
1: like the charity for uh, the Scottish right here and uh, actually across all
9: the Northern Masonic jurisdictions, correct? That is one of the charities of okay. the Northern Masonic jurisdiction. There are several but um, uh, the Sovereign Grand Commander Brother David A. Glatley 33rd degree his crown jewel that he wants is the dyslexia centers because we're helping children and like i said if you talk to their parents we're told that we we're saving their children's lives by, by doing what we do for them
1: how many uh, students do we typically have
9: enrolled in that? In Harrisburg, we typically have 30 to 32 students. We do it free of charge. So we raise all the money. And our, our budget for the Valley of Harrisburg this year is $135,000. So we need to raise a lot of money every year. We're always looking for donations. Um, we have ways to sponsor a child. There, there's There's so many different opportunities and we at the Valley of Harrisburg have come up with some new ways to raise money as well um, you know because it's just an, it's, it's a very daunting task to come up with $135,000 every year
1: I'm sure and I'm sure that this whole COVID situation has put a damper on a lot of fundraisers well this, this
9: COVID situation has caused us to cancel our golf tournament yeah. because of the logistics of having it we could have had it but the logistics just made it way too hard so we had to cancel that, and that and that, that was a twenty-five thousand dollar hit that we lost. So now I got to scramble and try to make that money up too. Um, so we're always looking for donations. Um, we are a five hundred one c three, so it is a tax deductible donation if if it can work for you. Um, you, you know, you need to check with your accountant to make right. sure it'll work for you or not. Because some of us it doesn't work for, and some of it does. Yeah you know um, businesses it's great for them. yeah so if someone wanted to make a donation
1: apart from being part of you know scottish right how how would they do that
9: well anybody can get on online and look for um, children's dyslexia centers and that'll take you to the northern masonic jurisdiction and then you can pick any of the centers that you so choose to donate to you can pick the, the ones you're close to or You want to, you know, we have our own website, the Children's Dyslexia Center of Central Pennsylvania. And when you get onto these sites, there's a Donate Now button. And then it opens up a whole bunch of other things that will allow you to figure out what donations you want to make. Um, Like I said, we have one where you can sponsor a child that's four thousand dollars but you sponsor a child for the entire year you'll get a letter from that child you'll get reports on that child and believe me when you get these letters from these children it it's it can be heart-wrenching um i go to their graduation celebration every year and when the children get up and speak it's something and then it's even more so when the parents get up and speak Uh, i don't care how tough you are it's gonna it's gonna move you well and this is a perfect example of you know
1: masons helping others uh in terms of reaching out to our community and filling a
9: need that most of our public schools struggle with right. in many cases. And, and almost to a T, not all of them, but most of our, our tutors um, are either current school teachers or retired school teachers. And one of the new ones here last year went to school specifically for reading and she said when she came here and got her training for this course she learned more in that few short weeks of training that we give than she did her entire college career. She said, they didn't teach me what I needed to know. I was taught here what I needed to know about reading, writing, um, and unfortunately, in Pennsylvania, dyslexia is not considered by the 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 state itself is not considered a a disability. Um, So when you go to a school to talk to a school about it, it's kind of a scary thing to the school district because if they admit they have dyslexic children, now they've got to hire more people in to take care of the children, to tutor the children you know so it becomes a financial thing for the school so i have approached several school districts and only had one so far get excited and want to be involved the rest of them well we don't have dyslexia and you know I, I throw the the bs flag up on that one because you know everybody has it in every school when i came in and sat down with when i came in as the board chair and sat down with the two co-directors downstairs and we're talking they're smiling i'm like yeah I have some dyslexic tendencies and I have a little bit of dyslexia in me as well. I know that. Uh, sitting with them and watching and learning from them, I I saw it and they saw it in me and so it's it's probably more people have it and don't even realize they have it. So you know, what we're doing for these kids is great. It really, great. really is. Awesome.
1: Well, before I let you go, let me ask you to change hats just a minute. You're also District Deputy Grand Master for the 46th Masonic District. Masonic District. Yep. Um, what have, uh, what's what been going on uh, with your lodges during all of this, and are they starting to um, come back, or are they finding new ways of my getting together?
9: L- my lodge is, uh, unfortunately, where I live and, and where a lot of my people live, we don't have the internet service that we need to do the Zoom meetings. I mean, even one of my secretaries, he was out of service for four weeks, internet service. So it's kind of hard for me to have the Zoom meetings. Um, I did a lot of in-touch person-to-person phone calls with my lodges over the summer. Um, My lodges are all meeting again and having a very nice turnout. Okay. Good. You know, we're, we're hitting the state maximum. Yeah. And I'm satisfied with that. That's good. Um, I've got lodges calling me and emailing me. Is there any way we can do a third degree? Uh, unfortunately, the Grandmaster said no, and I can't override him on that. Yeah. And I'm not even going to ask for a dispensation on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll eventually get back to those,
9: but uh, certainly we can do those first I'm and hoping, second degrees. I'm and, hoping real soon because yeah. I, I mean, they're getting stacked up in my district, um, and in my lodges, my 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 home lodge, we have seven ready to roll, lined up to be gone through the degree work and i don't want to have seven guys waiting for third degrees but it is what it is and i'll sure. do what we can do all the food's going into the ballroom guys great
1: so. well listen we really appreciate all the work that you do uh, with the dyslexia center uh as you said it's a great
9: charity uh, and it's great to have you spend some time with us today right thank you and and like i said if anybody wants to donate and they can't figure it out they can get a hold of you guys and you guys can get a hold of me and or they can email me Get the you know i'm or email the valley of harrisburg we can make it happen whatever we got to do if if someone wants to help we'll take help in any way volunteers too great we always need volunteers for our fundraisers absolutely thank you all right take care thanks bro
1: so i'm here with the illustrious uh john d cook 33rd degree uh valley of the harrisburg secretary uh john a great day here at the pig roast and uh cigar smoker uh, tell us about the event well tim we had about a
0: hundred and thirty people registered for the event unfortunately about another dozen who were too late to get in here uh... but we did have an excellent day we had sixteen brand new scottish ripe masons join the valley of harrisburg uh... they'll get the virtual reunions over the next couple of months and then we'll have a big reunion november twenty first back here at the valley uh... we had a nice pig roast eric Joyner is our Guy with the caterer, did a great job. Uh, Lots of good folks out here. Just a good time was had by all. Good band, Billy Bubba and a girl. They're a great band from up near uh, Jersey Shore. Came down, did a great job for us. Really pleased with how everything went for our first ever cigar smoker
1: pig roast. And we had a variety of folks here. I noticed that while there was a good contingency from the Valley of Harrisburg, there were some folks from Scranton and other valleys. Reading, I know, was well represented and uh, good diversity of folks here. Yeah, we put it out to all the
0: valleys across the states. Everybody was welcome to come. Uh, And, yeah, Reading was here, Lancaster, Harrisburg, Scranton, uh, Allentown, uh, Williamsport even. So, yeah, a lot of guys came out. I think it's a testament to the fact that we're a little bit Masonic starved right now thanks to COVID. And so any opportunity we can get to get together, it's just a
1: great time. and, And guys wanted to be out, and we were. And we, we had some other groups represented. I know we had the Hireman Solomon folks here. People were excited to see, and some folks were uh, introduced to them for the first time. We had the Grand Smoke here with the Cigar Lodge. Of course, we were here with the podcast. Uh, uh, good day all around. Yeah, it was really a great day.
0: The, the Hireman Solomon folks, uh, they make a great cigar. We invited them to come out. They were happy to make the three-hour drive. Uh, That also helps with attendance because a lot of us are cigar smokers, and they make a great cigar. Uh, And Grand Smoke, of course, was here, so this was an official Cigar Lodge Number 1 function. So that brought in its own group of people, and uh, we're going to make this an annual event, and I really hope that over the next uh, couple of years we might see 200 or more people come to this.
1: I was going to say, the the reception of this was really good, so it should only build from here. Yeah, I believe so. I really do. Again,
0: I think people are starved to get together and it's an outdoor event and the weather was pretty kind to us we got a little bit of a sprinkle but pretty much the weather was really nice we had lots of pop-up tents so uh, good good company good food great music it was it was a great day good
1: good masonic day well a great thanks to all of you uh, with the valley of harrisburg uh, with everybody involved just did a super job Um, look forward to many many more of these Uh, my pleasure happy to do it again anything we can do to get masons
0: together that's a good thing. This is a great way to spend a Sunday uh, with 130 brethren and some of their wives, and it was just a great time. Well, thanks for everything, and we uh, look forward to these in the future. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tim.
1: As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, Light up any of our premium cigars and enjoy the history. Hiram and Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiramAndSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hiram and Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast.
10: Hello, brethren. Dutchy Duck is back with an update from my lodge, the Brogan Pla number 377. A few years ago, I heard on this very podcast that some of the lodges in South Central Pennsylvania were holding a pumpkin roll event to raise money. I thought this was an excellent idea, and I took it to our brethren as a possible fundraiser. As we were discussing the idea, Brother John Schmeiser suggested that we do a pumpkin toss instead of a roll. And We all looked at him and asked, what the heck is that? Aye, well, I could build a trebuchet, and then we could launch the pumpkins, Brother Johnny said. Now, I don't know about you, but constructing a medieval-era weapon to shoot pumpkins to raise money for a Masonic fundraiser, well, that sounded like a good plan. What could go wrong? We all agreed on the idea and went about planning our event. We named it Carups Fling 2020. Carups is the Pennsylvania Dutch word for pumpkin. We had vendors sign up to sell all things pumpkin. Pumpkin butter, pumpkin whoopie pies, pumpkin beer. If it was orange and pumpkin related, we would have it. The Yeager family volunteered to host the event at their farm. Now they have the huge meadow with a very large pond right in the middle of it. the idea was that the pumpkins could fly into the pond and whatever was left over could be fed to their pigs finally the day of the event arrived we had wagons full of pumpkins and brother schmeiser's trebuchet was in place it was straight out of the year 1315 he even painted a square and compass on the side of it The way we set up the rules was that people could purchase a pumpkin, and then after it was loaded on the trebuchet, they would have the privilege of pulling the string and send that gourd into the air. The weather was perfect. The air had that crisp bite that only an October day in Pennsylvania has. You could smell the leaves mixed with the aroma of warm apple cider. The day was going great. Each time a pumpkin was launched, a crowd cheered. Everyone was in a positive mood and glad to be thinking about something other than COVID-19 or the election. At about 2 p.m., Brother Elias Schmidt walked over to the trebuchet and asked Brother Schmeiser if he could launch a pumpkin. Well, of course, he said. Now, if you have been listening to my reports, the Schmidt and Yeager families are names that might sound familiar. They were the families that previously had a multi-generational feud until earlier this year at our bonfire, well, explosion event. Since then the families had buried the hatchet. Well, up until today. Brother Schmidt had brought his own pumpkin. Unbeknownst to us, he had previously cut it open and had filled it with fresh commoner from his prize heifer, Sally. He placed the pumpkin on the trebuchet and walked up to pull the string. Right before he let it go, he turned the trebuchet about 20 degrees to the left. It was pointing straight for the Jaeger's milking parlor. Before any of us could say anything, he let that baby fly. We watched as it sailed through the air. We all yelled that it was headed right for the barn. All at once, she hit, and boy was it a direct hit, right on their large exhaust fan. That's right, the pumpkin filled with bovine feces hit the fan. The contents of the pumpkin were sprayed all over the nice wide walls of the milking bays. Ay, Yama, it was smeared all over the place. Brother Jaeger made a beeline for Brother Schmidt. Yelling and name-calling led to Greco-Roman wrestling without the rules. We quickly pulled them apart and separated them. I guess the feud is back on. On a positive note, the day was a huge success and we ended up raising a few thousand dollars for our almoner's fund. All in all, it was a great day full of fun, flying gourds, and fellowship. On a side note, we agreed to give Brother Jaeger a few bucks to help with the cleaning effort that he was about to engage in. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and out in the lights when you leave the room. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch language, culture, and history, please visit my website, padutch101.com, or my YouTube channel. Just search Doug Maiden for it. In Masonic news
4: today, it seems there has been an unexpected upside to the COVID virus restrictions on Lodge meetings. There appears to be an actual desire of members to attend meetings. While capacity limits continue to restrict attendance, numerous Lodges report members being pleased to meet again with long-absent brothers. Worshipful Master Seymour Caballos of Solomon's Lodge Number 2 in Waco, Texas was recently quoted saying, We had three guys on the sidelines this month. That's more than we had when the Grand Master came. Then, remember, brothers, if William Morgan, two world wars, and a Spanish flu haven't stopped us yet, don't let a little coronavirus stop you now. That's the Masonic News. Go wash your hands.
3: Hey, welcome back, everybody. That was a uh, – it's kind of a long episode, but we covered a lot. Uh, You've also heard from Dutchy Doug, and you've heard from our news director, Walter Cronkite, brother Walter Cronkite. So let's hear a little bit about what each of us has coming up. Jack, what do you have coming up in the near future? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And uh, you're up and uh, you're visiting your grandkids, and uh, what's the weather situation in October 30th?
4: Uh, it's it's lovely. Autumn in Massachusetts includes six inches of snow, so I'm ready to go home um, where I, I don't have to shovel partly cloudy.
3: Well, the good news is now the trick-or-treaters, you know, I just told all the trick-or-treaters, you're not allowed to come to the door because of a certain law, but uh, – <laughs> you're, actually, you're actually away.
4: I am. I am. Okay. But I think my porch light is on, so
3: I'm in <laughs> trouble. Uh, Josh, what do you have going on?
6: Well, I guess uh, the day after this episode will come out, I'll have my stated meeting. And we'll be doing that at uh, again at Charles M. Howe Lodge. And uh, I think that's about
3: it. Were you aware that there's a bar in that parking lot?
6: Uh, yes, I was Okay, I just thought that's a good I, uh, tip A bunch everybody. of the, uh, well not a bunch But the handful, a handful of officers Went over there for an uh, adult beverage After our meeting
5: Excellent nice. Sounds
3: sounds so mature Yes it is. Uh, Larry, do you have anything going on?
5: <coughs> I will not be at Lodge <laughs> oh. oh. Goose and Gridiron Thursday I will be there I uh, will alert the media
3: um, Tim, what do you have going on? So the day that
1: this episode drops, uh, Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302 will have its November meeting. Uh, and then on the 14th of November, uh, there will be the third, I believe it is, maybe the fourth, in a series of virtual reunions sponsored by the Northern Masonic Jurisdiction. Uh, those will be shown um you can watch those at home, but there's also been a small gathering of folks that have come together in the Valley of Harrisburg to watch them up on the big screen. So if you're in the Harrisburg area, drop by uh, on Saturday morning, November 14th. The uh, show starts at about, uh, I think the registration's at 830. I think the first uh, degree or the fourth degree is at uh, 9 o'clock. Check check the calendar on that for the time. I'm not sure about those times. but And then on the 21st, uh, I will be... Uh, participating in an actual face-to-face reunion with the Valley of Harrisburg. So, um, that's, uh, that's kind of the extent of my Masonic uh, work other than secretarial stuff.
3: Well, I kind of forgot one important thing. Um, in the beginning, I was at the Pennsylvania Grotto Association up in Oh yeah, that's right. Up in Pittsburgh. And for some reason, these, these suckers, uh, elected me president of the Pennsylvania Grotto Association for the ensuing Masonic year. And so we're going to be having two meetings. Um, Our spring meeting will be the April 23rd and 24th in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And then we're going to have a fall meeting the, I believe third weekend in October. And that'll be at a brand new grotto called Beersheba Grotto. And I may have some of the specifics wrong here, But this is a good teaser for you guys. Um, Jay Laser and Chris Gibson, friends of ours, located a box in the Lancaster Masonic Center, buried deep in the catacombs. And it was entitled Pennsylvania Dutch Farm Degree. Huh. And apparently there was a – the shrine – the Shrine Club used to put on this degree in the 80s and 90s, and then it kind of got forgotten about. The 1890s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, with the Amish, it really doesn't matter. Oh, it's, that's true. So uh, we we have permission from the potentate of both Raja and Zembo that we can steal this degree. So the idea is going to be that while folks are in Lancaster we're going to allow any Master Masons that on that Saturday, the 24th of, of April, to um, to come out and get this degree. So uh, there'll be some national officers there from Grotto, and uh, hopefully you guys won't embarrass me too much.
5: <laughs> <laughs> hey, special thanks to Everton Lodge 665. For making their broadcast studio available to us, albeit we haven't been there since the beginning of March, thanks to Josh Lamberton, our producer and director, who continues to make this show listenable. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director, and Tim Detterman, Tim, 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 Tim the Deadman, Tim Detterman, <laughs> <laughs> Tim Detterman, Tim Dedman, our marketing director. And to our Masonic Light Podcast contributors, Michelle Snyder, Jim Stevens, Doug Mattingford. Oh, well, you know, here's here's one more thing too. When I was in South Carolina, I got to tell you this story. We had a little old guy who showed up at lodge. I mean, he was just a really old guy. His clothes didn't fit him well, but I mean, his suit and tie on. And he he, he told our Tyler we were outstanding. a wanted lobby some here to get my craft degree. Oh, he wasn't on the list. We, oh, look at him. What do you mean you're here to get your fellow craft degree? He said, well, he said, I was entered in May the 1st of 1932. I'm ready for the next degree. Oh, my God. I mean, here's a secretary. The Treasures are going crazy. They're going to books. Come to find out that he actually was entered in May of 1932. So our Tyler and his secretary said to him, where have you been so long? Why did you wait this long to get your fellow craft degree? Uh-oh. And he looked at him and he said, I've been learning to subdue my passions.
1: Okay, that was better than where I thought that was going. Thank you oh. for learning. yeah. yeah. Give it.
5: Good night, good day, wherever you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is Tim. Good night, everybody. Uh, Bye,
3: everybody.
5: Good night, everybody.
3: Cir-
5: circumcised and he
3: circumscribed something.